around the horn with this glorious panel on the Dallas Cowboys sticking with Mike McCarthy. Dan Campbell defending mm. that hit. Mahomes versus Allen and DNP Icy Roads in the neighborhood. The Blazers and DeAndre Ayton in an Oregon Trail situation as Clinton Yates called it. I love it. <laughs> this and Terry, look out. Look out. <laughs> Put the change on the tires and get to work. Hope Nashville's okay. Telecommute, come on. Uh, we, we, we have established a, a, you know, a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win, um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. Mike McCarthy returning to the Cowboys. The implosion Sunday combined with Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, all available this coaching cycle. Is this the right move? And with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott both going into the final year of contracts, what is the next year for Dallas? Frank, I sold around the horn to you. How does Jerry Jones sticking with Mike McCarthy come off here? Yeah, you know, as shocking as that loss was to Green Bay, this isn't nearly as shocking because he's done this before, you know, most recently with Jason Garrett. My only question would be, did that mean they don't want Bill Belichick or Bill Belichick doesn't want the Dallas Cowboys? Because there's nothing wrong with going out and getting the best coach of all time and he's available. But let's be fair. Mike McCarthy has put together a good record. The playoff record, just like with Dak Prescott, hasn't been good. Puts a lot of pressure on the head coach and the quarterback. I think he's the best available guy if it's not going to be Bill Belichick. I have no problem sticking with it, Tony. Because you remember, you bring in a coach, things start to change a little bit. Maybe Jerry Jones doesn't want to cede control to another coach or to somebody like Bill Belichick. So Mike McCarthy, who's won a Super Bowl before, but it needs to be better. But are you telling Sunday us there's good. now pressure on Mike McCarthy and pressure on Dak Prescott? More so than ever. I believe that's where he's been the last <laughs> forever seasons. Kevin Blackstone, to you on sticking with McCarthy. Um, I completely understand it, uh, but not because of Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, to me, was kind of like an inside family thing going on there. But with Mike McCarthy, after you look at the year that he had with, with Dak Prescott, almost reviving him, that was, that was spectacular. The problem was the play calling specifically in this game. And it just made things easy for the Green Bay Packers because they just doubled up on C.D. Lamb and he didn't have, the, didn't have near an impact on that game that you thought he would have had going in. So with, to me, it's McCarthy having to look in the mirror and having to examine himself once again as an offensive play caller. It's also on Jerry Jones because when you look at their receiving core and you compare it to what the Packers rolled out there, the Packers were much more lethal with their wideouts. You look at beyond, beyond um, C.D. Lamb, who did they have? Uh, Cooks didn't really do much. You're throwing to a tight end, Ferguson, who just finally kind of emerged. They need. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. This was a team with nearly the most weapons in the league. That's what got them the 12 wins this season. It seems to me you think this one bad loss is a write-off for Mike McCarthy and for the franchise. And that's Jerry's assessment clearly, too, by sticking with McCarthy. Clint Yates bring you in here on Jerry Jones sticking with Mike McCarthy. I think it's not only understandable, I think it's prudent. In a league in which mm. owners and teams are throwing out coaches left and right and can't find any form of continuity, this makes sense to me for a team that scores as many points as they do but happen to come up short in a playoff context. Frank hit the nail on the head. He's won a Super Bowl before. Who else are you going to get? We're all these guys that are out here, people taking chances on young players and this, that, and a third. Reminder, this is a guy who, again, slept over at Jerry Jones' okay. house. All right, wait. I, I, guys, I don't mean to, to give a mute to every answer here, but the idea. Idea, Clinton, who else are you going to get? 
Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, or Jim Harbaugh? That's Super Bowl winning coaches and a Super Bowl getting coach in the NFL and a national championship winning coach. Okay, but my point is, is that an improvement at that point? Or are you simply replacing Ooh. one person? And what Ooh. does it take at that cost in order to bring that person in? That's what I'm saying. Bringing Bill Belichick in isn't just buying a loaf of bread off the shelf at a grocery store. That's a complete change in your operation and how you're doing things. And I don't think that Jerry Jones at this point wants to do that with this franchise wow. when the person he already has is somebody he probably genuinely likes. I am flabbergasted at these answers today. Is it unanimous? Bob Ryan, I'll go to you. The idea sticking with Mike McCarthy is the right move for the Cowboys? I think it's uh, a logical mm-hmm. move. I, yes, I do. I, I, I do. I, you don't want to overreact to the score and to the game. The game was a brutal game. We know that. They were out of it. It was terrible. But if they had lost by one point, would we be having this conversation at all? And, you, have to, you know, they lost, period. They lost. They didn't win. We all know the deal. He's got three straight 12 and fives. They don't do well in the playoffs. I point my finger more at the quarterback and his, his uh, shrinking, if you will, from the task in these playoff games more than I do with the coach. Now, the one thing that I do, uh, if I were Jerry Jones, I'd be saying, why this discrepancy home road? What was that all about? And I, I, that would bother me, okay? But, and by the way, Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones would be a horrible fit because there's no way that, Jerry, that Bill could Possible. live with that kind of hands Some said management. Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones would be a horrible fit. Didn't last yeah. long, but they did win. Some said Barry Swift. Didn't last long, but they did win. Frank I I'll give you the last word after the horn. Well, well, just to be clear, again, I would have gone after Bill Belichick, but I'm saying if it wasn't going to work out with Bill Belichick again, did they not want him? Does he not want the Dallas Cowboys? I have no problem going back to Mike McCarthy because I do think he has a proven track record. But two of their last three playoff eliminations have happened at home. That, again, in Cowboy land is unacceptable. We've been horned. We'll move on. Dan Campbell, some interesting comments this week. Defending the hit Kirby Joseph put on Tyler Higby in their wild card matchup. Take a listen. That's how we play football here. Just keep your head up see what you hit. That'll always be what I tell Kirby. He's going for the thigh board and, and uh, you know, staying away from the head. That's how we play defense here. We're not dirty. Big tore his ACL you know, and MCL on the play. For Joseph, it's the second hit on a play this season that resulted in a torn ACL and MCL of a tight end. Here's him going low on Hawkinson earlier in the year. And here's Matthew Stafford mic'd up in the game, calling Joseph out for being dirty on the field immediately. Hey, that's a good hit. That's a good hit. You dirtiest. You know it. You dirtiest. You dirtiest bleak. Clinton Yates, should Dan Campbell be defending that Kirby Joseph hit? I understand why he's doing it. You're not going to blow up your own guy going into a game like this. But overall, this is where there's a discrepancy between legality and decency. That's something that the NFL has to address. Whenever we look at the concept of somebody being a defenseless player, we oftentimes think about shots to the head or to the upper body. But the lower body in this situation is as important. And so while it might be on the books as something you can do, in real time when I saw that, that appeared to be a cheap shot. When you ask wide receivers in general, would they prefer to be hit up top rather than low? They say yes. The long-term ramifications of that are one thing but this is something that the league is going to have to figure out just because you can do it doesn't mean it's the thing that you should do and I hate to add more rules to how defensive players play but that I looked at it and you don't want to see it again Mm -hmm. Bob Ron how'd you hear the coach defending uh, his player uh, and that hit Defending a player on a basis that everybody does it is, in fact, the truth, okay? Here's the thing no one talks about ever, and it drives me crazy. That wasn't a tackle. 
That was a launch. That was a shoulder roll. That was not tackling. If they were tackling in football the way they should, we wouldn't have these problems the way to the extent we do. Now, I understand when a six foot one, 203 pound DB goes after a six foot six, 255 pound tight end, he's at a disadvantage and he's got to think of something better to do. But that's just too damn bad, all right? Get a big Q, uh, DB, all right? I know. But this is the issue no one's talking about. That was not a tackle, but it's allowed in football. Somebody's got to do something about that. Start teaching tackling and not launching. Frank Isola on Dan Campbell defending the Kirby Joseph hit. Yeah, Bob is 100% right. That's not a tackle, and the defensive back knows how much he's being outweighed by. I'd love to know what the Players Association thinks, because guess what? They represent every player. That kind of tackle should be outlawed. He knows exactly what he's doing. How many times did we see this with Rob Gronkowski? You know, that big old lug running down the field, looking up as he's catching a pass, and somebody whacks him right on the knee. That is a dangerous play. I get it. In the grand scheme of things, it's not as dangerous being hit in the head, but it's pretty darn close. That could end careers. Dan Campbell, I think I, you all know, played tight end in the league. So he's also approaching this, I think, from someone who's been there before, Kevin Blackstone. But looking at that video and hearing this is what we teach, does that jive for you? Uh, no, I can't. I can't look at that video. Bob's absolutely correct. Stick and wrap. They need to get back to that kind of tackling and get away from taking guys' legs out from under them. And to Frank's point, the union needs to look into this because this is the brotherhood and you're shortening people's careers when you're doing this when you're doing this sort of thing and we see it now week after week more and more why it could it be because dbs are smaller and wide receivers and tight ends are bigger maybe but all i know is that it's extremely dangerous and we've seen it right here last word didn't help that he got high load in that situation, which made it extra dangerous. Right. But in general, I think the average it's, football fan would look at that and say, we'd like to avoid those kinds Higby of things. Is, is, oh, excuse me. Higby is moving at a certain speed and a little bit elevated. Sometimes you have to jump to get a ball. There, there's a moving target, as we all know. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of space between the head and the knees. Yep. We'll move on. Right. NFL Thursday, so it's our preview to the preview now. <laughs> KC Buffalo, a question that's been going around. I don't need to do anything more than introduce it. I'll hang up and listen, Bob. Is Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen the new Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning? It's an interesting concept, and it, and I do nothing wrong with with uh, speculating about it and predicting maybe it can turn into that. And it's it's fun. It's, a, it's I think it's the best matchup of, in the current NFL, and it is the you can say well we might even someday turn into Brady and Manning. Uh, but just now a few Super Bowls away from that. Frank Isola. It's the fourth time that a pair of quarterbacks have met at least three times in the playoffs in the first seven years. Terry Bradshaw and Ken Stabler met four times. This is the third time for Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen. When I look at Josh Allen, though, I do think the comparison is fair. But when it comes to a player, I compare Josh Allen a little bit more to John Elway. There's no question about it. And the way that Mahomes is winning, to compare him to Tom Brady, is 100% accurate. Kevin Blackstone, does that comparison rub you the wrong way? How do you feel about it? No, absolutely not. I mean, for a new generation, this is fantastic. And you get a contrast in quarterbacks in the sense that in the sense of their running styles, Mahomes runs to stretch a play, preserve a play, whereas calls will be played for Josh Allen, and you can see him running down the field like a wrecking ball as he did over the weekend. Um, so I absolutely, I absolutely embrace okay. it. Okay, I was ready for some original gangster reporters oh. to say, you know what, this is not what it used to be. Go ahead, Clinton Yates. Oh, it's great. It's not that it's not what it used to be, but what it used used to be is a larger-than-life thing that it is unfair to compare these current guys to. Yes, it is a great matchup between the best two guys, at least in terms of head-to-head head, head head in the NFL as quarterbacks, but 
Brady and Manning, I mean, come on. These things are on the proverbial Mount Rushmore's of what we know is generational football. Manning, Manning I don't think never it makes beat sense, him until later in his career, though. It's a fair well, Frank, that's a, you just said it. Manning did not beat Brady for the first couple of times <laughs> and really in, in meaningful spots. And in the playoffs, it's, it's two for Mahomes right now. And Allen got that win with the famed Kadarius Tony play. Brady and Manning just aren't Mahomes. Taking a break here. Coming up, Belichick gets his second the interview with the Atlanta Falcons. Here's how it went. You still have six Super Bowl rings? Yes, I still have six Super Bowls. <laughs> Good. We'll be back. Virus on that. One of them against you. Around the Horn is brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Chase. Second interview for Bill Belichick with Atlanta, set for this weekend. Or maybe more specifically, Atlanta getting interviewed by Bill Belichick again. If you think of it like that, maybe it makes more sense. Clinton Yates, do you believe Belichick to Atlanta is now going to happen? And does that make sense? Not necessarily, and I don't think that's a very interesting fit, for lack of a better term. The Falcons aren't good. We just talked about this in the last segment. I'm more interested in a team that's willing to get rid of a guy to bring Belichick in than I am some middling squad that we don't know what they have bringing in this dude to revamp their program. Sure, I hope it works well. I hope it gets back into the league, but this does not particularly move my needle. So you don't think it makes sense for Belichick then? Kevin Blackstone, same question to you. You know, I would agree. I mean, people are wondering about why it would take a second interview for Bill for Bill Belichick. Maybe it's taking a second interview because Bill Belichick's got to understand if he really wants yeah. to go to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that since that Super Bowl blow up have had one winning season and just been uh, just been medi- so unbelievably mediocre. That's not for and him. Who did they have the Super Bowl blow up against? Bill Belichick, Frank Isola. <laughs> Yeah, that's why it feels like the Falcons have a 28-3 lead to get Bill Belichick yeah. right now. Well, I find it hard to believe it. There we go. If Bill Belichick. Thumbs up or thumbs if, down if on the Bill joke Belichick here. Wants the job. I'm gonna get, I kind of like it. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Like go ahead, Frank. If, if Bill Belichick wants a job, you hire him. What is Bob Ryan's like, town newspaper going to ask him? Would you like to be a columnist? It's Bob Ryan. It's Bill Belichick. <laughs> hire them if they're available. I mean, the interview, pro- it's beneath him to have to go through something like that, in my opinion. All right. And uh, the Hingham Bell Tower is calling there. 
Uh, Bob Ryan, you gonna go right for them? Go ahead, Bob. Frank, you beat me to the punch with that 28-3. I had my oh, own Oh, everybody wants that joke. Sorry, but sorry, no one. I, in general terms, I find it very difficult to believe that Bill Belichick will subjugate his judgment to somebody else, a general manager. I, I just can't believe it after all the years of in the power. I, I really believe it's him interviewing them to find out how it's going to work. So the buzzwords yeah. were talented but underachieving. That's the type of franchise you'd be looking for. And you don't even believe Atlanta rises to that. Clayton Yates, it sounds like. Or Kevin Black as though. You don't no! Okay. They're garbage. That's the whole joke the about the Falcons forever. Show. We'll move on. Buy or sell two. Does Alabama have a transfer problem? One week since the retirement of Saban. Five days since the hiring of Kalen DeBoer. More than two dozen players have entered the transfer portal. Included Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor. Freshman All-Americans. Kevin, buy or sell. This being a big problem for Alabama. Well, it's a problem if DeBoer and Byrne haven't told those recruits and haven't told folks getting into the portal that, that Saban's still there. He'll talk to you on the phone. He's got Good. a new office. What are, they, what are they doing? Let him know. He's not going anywhere. All right, guys, Sola. I feel, I feel so bad for Alabama. Okay. Guess what? I have friends who are Division I soccer coaches, basketball coaches. Everyone has a transfer portal problem. Guess what's going to happen in Alabama? They're losing players. They'll get somebody else's players. This is the world we're living in in the NIL era of college. Two All-Americans and uh, freshman All-Americans leaving just in the last two days, Bob Ryan. Is that a problem for Alabama? Indeed. You may be putting the uh, cart before the horse because – a horse before the cart, whichever way it goes, because the, he already was facing defections. And I have also heard that not only does he worry about poor uh, transfers, that they, a lot of the incumbents want an increase in their NIL. And he, could see, and he said, I don't need any more of this, you know what, and, he's, and he went home. It's pretty clear that's what, what Saban was, was feeling. I, I think you're right there, Bob. The idea that DeBoer has got his work cut out for him right now, big problem with Clinton Yates, by herself. Yeah, this is exactly why Saban probably walked away from the game. Generationally, this isn't what he's going to want to do. But Crimson Tide fans, get used to being just another college football program. This is how everybody else who roots for big teams deals with things. And I think that's the reality that a lot of Alabama fans are going to have to face with a Saban-free world in terms of All right, of guys, so look, give you one last word after the horn. Yeah. I think it's one of the reasons in college basketball, Mike Krzyzewski, Jay Wright, Roy Williams all walked away from the sport right around the same time. I want to increase my NIL money as well, Bob. So I, I agree with the kid uh, that I'll Let's Give not more put money. the showdown in front of the buyer's sell there, right? You're already the pit boss, Frank. <laughs> what do you need NIL for? Yeah. <laughs> Blackstone, Ryan, original gangster showdown next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. UCF 77, Texas 71 in Austin. It's another great win for the Golden Knights. They came back from 16 down, and players celebrated with horns down. Texas coach Roddy Terry saw it and called him classless. He told them so with a handshake line. KB, how does Coach Terry come off? Coach Terry comes off like the Texan that he is. I've known him since he was an assistant at Baylor, a longtime assistant to Rick Barnes at Texas before he took this job. Um, you know what? You know what it's all about, Rodney. Just let it go. You're not going to see UCF again anytime soon. It's a they thing. better hope not. They got, they got work yesterday. All right, Bob? No, Rodney, you made a fool out of yourself in front of the, current country, the entire country with this thing. You know what your response should have been? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, yeah, you guys... Enjoy your evening. We'll see you next year. Whatever, but no. Our show line is we are all four horns. Horns up, horns down. There's horns and there's ups and downs in life. You meet your ups and downs with your horns. You got to laugh this off. We'll move on. New York Mets made news yesterday saying they would retire the jerseys of Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry this season. A joint Zoom conference call with the two yesterday was wonderfully emotional. Bob, not asking a question. I'm asking for a history lesson here. Tell the kids what Doc and Daryl meant to the Mets. I actually saw Daryl Strawberry in high school, but that's a story for another day. Those two guys were young phenoms who were the most important players on the 86 Mets, and they were magnetic, and absolutely uh, Mets fans uh, are right in honoring them now, and, and, and more power to them. It's great. Kevin Blackstone? It's not only what they meant to the Mets, it's what they meant to baseball. I remember when I was working in Chicago in the early 80s and the Mets rolled through town to play the Cubs and I told my editor I had an interview. I didn't have an interview. I had a ticket to go see a rookie <laughs> phenom on the mound by the name of Doc Gooden and to watch Strawberry as you well. You see that, kids? Fantastic. How good were they? Good enough for Blackstone to lie to his editor. I, I want to say something here. They were so breathlessly mesmerizing as young players, beautiful athletes. I mean, we're talking about a reincarnate of Walter Johnson with Gooden and Ted Williams with Daryl Strawberry in that beautiful left-handed swing. And some have said, this is nice, it's a forgive and forget for the Mets franchise. I don't even see it that way. You hear Gooden and Strawberry on this conference call yesterday, how wonderfully open and emotional they were. They don't want to forget their past. They want to teach a newer generation about their life choices, their addiction, their, their mental health issues, and that is a wonderful thing to help others in that way. A fitting honor for these two. We'll move on. One more showdown here. DMP IT Rhodes. Blazers and DeAndre Ayton. He didn't play in last night's game because he couldn't get out of his neighborhood. The team sent a car and people to help. They still couldn't get him. Blazers beat the Nets and Freddie Simons had a clutch game winner. It was a great game and a great win for Portland. KB, is this an excused absence for Aiton? 
Oh, man, what an excuse this is. I've never heard of anything like this. We're on a slippery slope right here if we're believing this. People climb Mount Everest all the time. They do ice faces all the time. We can't get an NBA player to a game. Excuse absence. I need more detail. Does he live in a house with a porch? Does he live in a 33rd floor of a high-rise? I can just see. Like, send a snowmobile. And, I mean, there's so many ways. I don't buy this at all. They didn't try hard enough. He didn't try hard enough. Brian, FaceTime. We're in the middle of college basketball season, and who's player of the year? Zach Eady again? Or is it uh, is it, uh, is it him? Guess what? The most important and impactful figure in college basketball lives in Iowa City. Caitlin Clark is, in fact, the face of college basketball, men or women. And she is, the, she's, it's her time has come. She's great. Thank you for that, Bob. 23 and a half hour breaks. He's from the Bahamas. Send a crew.